energy. So the barber trims my beard all nice, like an artist. Now I didn't tell him to do that. I wanted the beard gone. So then I went home and shaved it off completely after I was done. I felt horrible. The passion. Rafael Devers is the biggest contract in franchise history. He needs to be a leader for this Red Sox team. The opinions on all your favorite teams. Are the Patriots close to playoff contention? Yes. Are they close to Super Bowl contention? Hell no. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV-AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Brady Farkas Show here on a Friday on WDEV-AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Short show today. We're up for 40 minutes, 5.30 until 6.10, and then we're back into the Red Sox. We'll have the lineups for you as the Sox host the Cleveland Guardians today. 7.10 first pitch, Nick Pavetta on the mound for Boston. The Cy Young winner, Shane Bieber, on the mound for Cleveland. Cleveland, a team that's good, not great. Had some injuries in their rotation, some bad performance in their rotation, and Kind of generally a lighter hitting lineup, but they make a lot of contact, so they will be hard to beat. Red Sox got some bad news today. Garrett Whitlock out for a little bit here with ulnar neuritis. We're not quite sure what that means at this point. We'll get to all the Red Sox stuff in the 6 o'clock hour. But the show is brought to you by Fecto Homes, and you can get in at 802-585-3026. That's 802-585-3026. I'm actually happy with something the Patriots have done. I am actually happy. I'm not going to be a hypocrite. They could have done something different. They could have taken a wide out. They could have taken a tackle. But I told you, if the Patriots made a first-round selection and used a first-round selection on a wide receiver, an offensive tackle, or on a corner, I would be happy. And that's exactly what the Patriots did. I will not be a hypocrite. I will give them credit today. I think the New England Patriots got better by selecting Christian Gonzalez. Simply put, we're going to talk for the next 28 minutes here until 6 o'clock, and we'll come back after the CBS News update, but let it be known right there up front, the New England Patriots, I believe, got better today than they were yesterday. That's what they needed to do. That's what the goal of day one of the draft is. They need a playmaker. They need a star. They need they have many positions of need. I believe that they were on their way to doing that with the selection of Christian Gonzalez. With the 17th pick in the 2023 NFL Draft, the New England Patriots select Christian Gonzalez, defensive back, Oregon. Patriots needed help at the defensive back. One, they were light there. Now, Ross Tucker of uh, Westwood One was with us yesterday and said he didn't think defensive back was a huge need for the Patriots. I disagreed with him on that. Jonathan Jones is there. Marcus Jones is there. Jack Jones is there. Jalen Mills is going to move to safety. They've got Duggar. They've got Phillips. So they do have pieces there, but they need lockdown corners. Bill Belichick, when this team has been really good for the last 20 years, has had a lockdown corner, whether it be Ty Law, whether it be Darrell Revis, whether it be... Stefan Gilmore, whether it be J.C. Jackson, when this team is at its best, it has a lockdown corner. Now, I'm not going to put those expectations on Christian Gonzalez. That would make him a Hall of Famer. I'm not going to say that. But this team needs more playmakers on the defensive side of the ball. 
This team needs more playmakers, period. And I think they got one yesterday. And for that, we have to be happy. I was furious when I saw the Patriots were trading down. I was like, oh my God, here we go again. But this was a trade down that actually worked. This was a trade down that yielded positive results. You still get a first round player. You still get a first-round talent. You pick up an additional fourth-round pick. You only went back three picks. I would have loved for the Patriots to get a lineman. I would have loved for the Patriots to protect Mac Jones better, but they need all the positions I mentioned. They addressed it. I will be happy. And Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston, he loves the pick also. Talk about a dream first round for Bill Belichick to trade back from number 14 overall, pick up a fourth round pick as he is wont to do, and still, still end up with a top 10 talent in Gonzalez. He has the length to play press man on the outside and the athleticism with a 4-3-8-40 to run with the likes of Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill in the AFC East. And that's key. What Phil said in both cases there is key. He's got the length to play press man-to-man coverage. What does that really mean for your defense as a whole? It allows your defense to be more creative, right? It allows your defense to be more creative. If you believe that you have a defensive back or multiple defensive backs that can lock down the outside, well, now we can leave you single coverage more often. Now we can bring more blitzes. Now we can bring more linebackers. Now we can bring our safety. If we don't have to give you so much help and so much attention, then we can get more creative up front. That's ultimately a good thing for the Patriots. The ability to have defenders that can be lockdown guys and play physical on the outside is a big luxury for a coaching staff. Think about it. If you have two corners you don't trust, well, now you've got to have your safeties back helping. So now you've got your two corners and you've got your two safeties all having to play deep. That leaves you only eight people underneath. And what happens then? Well, you can't rush as many people. Quarterback gets more time to scan. You can't cover as much underneath because you're devoting attention to over the top. Now things happen underneath and you just get picked apart. There's too many ways to pick you apart. Now you have the ability to play Gonzalez, hopefully, and I'm not saying week one, but eventually you have the opportunity to play Gonzalez a little more on an island, and now he doesn't need safety help, and now my safety can come on a blitz, and now Jalen Mills and Kyle Duggar and Adrian Phillips are freed up to be their own playmakers instead of just covering for your defensive backs. It's going to free up Marcus Jones. What does Marcus Jones do best? Marcus Jones uses his athleticism. Marcus Jones is a playmaker. Now, he doesn't have to necessarily worry about being an outside guy. He can be an inside guy. He can be a roaming guy. He can be a guy that we want to just go make plays on the ball. He can be a guy we want to go chase somebody around. If I would think, you know, Jack Jones is on the outside at times. I would think Jonathan Jones is definitely on the outside. So Jonathan Jones is on the outside. Gonzalez is on the outside, and now Jack Jones, who's a ball-hawking player, could be a roamer. Marcus Jones, who's an athlete, can be a roamer. Patriots defense got better, and the Patriots defense needed to get better. There's this misconception out there that the Patriots defense was so it was great last year, and therefore it didn't need a lot of attention. I'm calling hogwash on that. Patriots defense a season ago benefited from a lot of turnovers, a lot of interceptions, a lot of scoring points for itself, and that's great. But it's not, you can't count on that every year. 
You can't go to win into a season and say, hey, we scored four touchdowns last year. We'll do it again. Hey, we scored six touchdowns last year. We'll do it again. It doesn't work that way. Okay? It doesn't work that way. So rather than relying on yourself to replicate what you did a year ago, you've got a defense that can just go out and play just better on the ball defense and just stop you from scoring whether you get a turnover or not. I don't need my defense to force 30 interceptions in a season. I don't need my defense to score six touchdowns. You shouldn't. Your defense should be able to stand up on its own. Hey, we're going to go three and out. We're going to force you into three and out. We're going to force you into bad field position after you punt. And now we're going to go down and score. That's what this defense now hopefully is on its way to being able to do. Judon and Uche can rush the passer. Got some playmakers in the secondary. Duggar, who's an excellent Swiss Army knife. Patriots defense got better, and it needed to. And to Phil's point about Gonzalez's speed, you got a lot of guys here you got to cover in this division. Buffalo's got Stephon Diggs. They've got Gabe Davis. They've got Dalton Kincaid, who they just took the tight end out of Utah, who really acts as a wide receiver and not a tight end. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell in Miami. The Jets with Garrett Wilson and company. This is a good division when it comes to playmakers, when it comes to guys you got to cover, when it comes to guys you got to keep up with. Patriots didn't have that ability last year, and now they do. Or they're on their way to having it. Jack Jones, John Jones, Marcus Jones, and Christian Gonzalez. Those are athletic pieces in the secondary. Kyle Duggar is an athletic piece. Jalen Mills is supposed to be better as a safety than it was as a corner. I, I like this. Yes, would it have been nice to have Jackson Smith and Jigba? Of course it would. Would it have been nice to have Zay Flowers or Jordan Addison? Of course it would. Would I have been happy if they had taken any of those wide receivers? Yes. The run on tackles came right around when the Patriots were supposed to pick initially. Would have been nice to have that as well. I could have justified any of those selections. And here we are today, the Patriots making a defensive back pick. It's a guy that I like the pick of. I like what the general consensus has been about the pick. And I like the way Gonzalez handles himself. It's kind of all just a whirlwind. Uh, just taking it all in. Um, Going to enjoy tonight with, with the family. Um, and... But yeah, definitely put some put some thought into it. But I'm excited for that competition. He also said that he can't wait to learn, and that's one of the things I love to hear most. A guy who doesn't think that he's a finished product, a guy who has the humility to say, "Yes, I played in the Pac-12. Yes, I played major college football, but I don't know everything. I want to learn from Belichick." Look, I understand it's speak. I understand these guys have been coached on that. I know what they're. I know they've been schooled on what to say. He still got me right where I itch. I'm still happy to have heard that. I'm still happy to have heard that stuff from Christian Gonzalez. This is a guy I think we're going to like. Tech says, I'm sure going up against Rodgers and Allen was a big factor. Of course it was. Maybe not so much Rodgers, but just the quarterbacks in the AFC. If you're going to play, if you're going to play in the AFC, you got to have the ability to do a couple of different things. Can you play in a shootout? Do you think that you have the pieces to go up against Allen and Mahomes and Herbert? And can you win it 45-42? Or do you have the ability to cover guys, tackle, and make life difficult? 
We already know what the Patriots are offensively, at least. They're limited. At least with Mac, they're limited. So maybe the right answer is going with defense. I've believed you should invest in offense. Right? I've believed the Patriots should invest in offense. I believe they should give Mac every opportunity and every possible weapon there is to help cover for his own limitations, but you don't you can't just ignore the defense. Allen and Burrow and Mahomes and Herbert and Wilson and Rodgers. There's a lot of studs, Lawrence, in the AFC. Patriots defense got better today. Now, the rumors have been out all day. The Patriots are on the phones. They're trying to move up in the second round. Patriots right now are scheduled to pick 15th in the second round. What are they trying to get up for? I don't know. Tackle or wide out? Maybe. I hope so because that's what they need most next. I don't want to see him trade up for a safety. I don't want to see him trade up for a tight end. I don't want to see him trade up for uh, a kicker or a punter. If they take a wide out or if they take an offensive lineman, I will be thrilled about that. Um, I see nothing, nothing lately here about the Patriots moving up. So nothing has happened in the 15 minutes since we've been on the air, but they are actively trying to, and they have the ammunition to make things happen. Patriots have pick number 46. They have a couple of fourth rounders. They got a bunch of fifth, or they got a bunch of sixth rounders, and they got a couple seventh round. They got a seventh rounder. So they have the ammunition to do some things. Can they trade pick 46 and one of their fourths to get up above, you know, to get into the 32 to 34 range? Maybe. But I'm finally happy after day one of a draft. I mean, look at the last the last three years. Day one of the draft, I haven't been happy. COVID year 2020, they take Kyle Duggar. Well, I take that back. COVID year 2020, they trade out of the first round. Don't make a pick. I'm ticked. Then they draft Duggar, and we're all like, whoa, D2 safety? 2021, they take Mac. They needed a quarterback. I was happy with the position. I wanted Justin Fields. Wasn't thrilled. And last year, they took Cole Strange, a guard out of Tennessee Chattanooga. I wasn't thrilled about that either, given the needs they had. This is the first time in four years I've been happy with what the Patriots have done. 2019, they took Nikhil Harry, I think. That was a bust. I might have been happy about it at the time because they needed a wide out, but that was a bust. We're on track for the first year in four years for me to be happy about this. So, um, I, I am happy about it. Yes, I am happy about it. It's the Brady Farkas Show brought to you by Fecto Homes on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Surprises of the draft. Will Levis, Patriots not taking a quarterback. We'll get to all of it next here on DEV. Welcome back in. Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Short show today. We're up until 610. So after the CBS News update, we'll get into the Red Sox, tell you what's up with Garrett Whitlock, and uh, get you the lineup for today's game against the Guardians. Draft was surprising last night. The draft is always surprising. It's part of the reason why I love the draft. Again, some of you hate it, and that's fine. But I love the draft. And part of the reason I love it is because of the drama and because of the unpredictability. And you never know what... Part of the reason I get annoyed with the draft pre-draft is because you never know what's real and what's a smokescreen. And then part of the reason why I love the draft is because you find out what was real and what was a smokescreen. I always thought the Texans should take a quarterback. 
But then all we heard about was how they weren't going to take a quarterback, how they didn't love the quarterbacks, how C.J. Stroud didn't do well on his pre-performance, on his pre-draft test, how they weren't in love with him, how they might trade for Mac because they don't love it. We finally found out yesterday that they wanted to take a quarterback, they took a quarterback, and now they're happy with the quarterback, and I believe they took the right quarterback. I like C.J. Stroud. I'm not a quarterback guru. And because the Patriots weren't in position to take him, I can't tell you that I've studied him an awful lot. But I saw what he did against Georgia in the college football playoff. I know he played big-time football at Ohio State. I watched him enough over the last couple of years to see this dude can play, and I think the Texans did a good job replacing Davis Mills with him. So we find it so that you see the Texans take the quarterback. Then you saw the Texans wrap around and get real aggressive, come back in, trade at three to go get Will Anderson out of Alabama. You have to love the Texans draft and just how aggressive they were, getting a foundational piece on both offense and defense. I thought it was interesting what my Seahawks did at 5-21, and 21, right? The Seahawks need pass rushers. They need offensive linemen. They went with neither of them. They elected to go with other positions of need, right? Defensive back, they're trying to pair. They're trying to recreate the Legion of Boom. They go get this kid Witherspoon out of Illinois, pair him with Tariq Woolen, and they're trying to have their own islands on each side of the field. Can't knock that. Then they go get Jackson Smith and Jigba, the best wide receiver on the board in a lot of people's minds. And now they're going to have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and, and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And look, Tyler Lockett's not going to be around forever. He's still excellent. He's not going to be around forever. You've now found his replacement, hopefully, for the next two years down the road. You have to like what Seattle did, again, having two picks. Buffalo taking Dalton Kincaid. Man, that is scary. You give Josh Allen another weapon. A Buffalo team that already had offense going all in even further on it. Diggs, Davis, Allen, Knox, now Kincaid. Man, that's scary. That's scary. The Colts taking Anthony Richardson. As Mel Kuyper Jr. said last night, a guy who can ruin your draft or can be a total home run. You have no idea. But they took the swing, right? Instead of the Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, Matt Ryan stopgap, they went all in and they took a swing. We'll see how it pays off. Bryce Young. Is he the next Cam Newton in in Carolina? Or is he just an undersized guy who looks like Teddy Bridgewater in the NFL? We'll find out. I love the draft. I'm going to watch it all tonight, too. I'm going to have baseball on my tablet. I the Celtics. I watched less of the Celtics game last night than I thought I would. Really, and like, I'm a little bit embarrassed to admit that because I wanted to come here and have like a really good handle on what happened in the game. I don't have as good a handle as some of you do, probably. I watched all of the draft and very little of the Celtics. Monitored it. Followed it. Wasn't locked in on it, though. Started to get locked in on it fourth quarter or so, but that was really it. I found the draft to be more interesting. I think, judging by the numbers we're going to see on the draft, I think a lot of you probably do, too. Biggest surprise of the draft is that Will Levis wasn't picked. And I saw a lot of people today, Will Levis should be mad at his agent. Will Levis should be mad at his team. That's probably fair. 
you're told one day you're going to be number one, the next day you're going to be number two, and the next day you're not even in the first round? I'd be, I'd be livid. I'd be embarrassed if I were Will Levis. But the thing that Will Levis has going for him is this. First-round picks have a five-year contract. Second-round picks have a four-year contract. If Will Levis gets picked, which he will, very high in round two, and is good, he'll get to free agency one year earlier, and he'll get the bag one year earlier. And that'll be the, jo- the joke will be on everybody else. If he's good, you could add cost-controlled Will Levis for five years. Instead, you have cost-controlled Will Levis for four years, and you got to pay him a year earlier. And then he will ultimately get the last laugh if he's good. I'm fascinated to see what team trades up to get him. Pittsburgh has the 32nd pick in the draft. They're picking first tonight. They don't need a quarterback. They took Kenny Pickett last year. So what team is going to move up? Is it Tennessee? They need a quarterback to replace Ryan Tannehill. Is it Washington? They've got Sam Howell. Do they really love Sam Howell? I don't know. Could it be the Patriots? I would doubt it, but could it be the Patriots? Vegas, Seattle, all teams that might have needed a quarterback in the first round that passed. When the Patriots passed on Levis yesterday, I wasn't surprised, but I at least noted it because I was like, well, I thought there was no way he was going to fall to 14, but he did. Pats could have had him, chose not to. And I heard something very, very interesting from Tom Curran of NBC Sports Boston. This was this was right before the draft, but he was talking about the idea of the Patriots moving on from Mac Jones. Listen to this. After speaking to people today, I've said previously that over Robert Kraft's dead body would Mac Jones be traded. <laughs> he looks pretty healthy. We could probably also include Bill Belichick. I was told really? today that Bill Belichick does not want to trade Mac Jones. Robert Kraft, we already know, does not want to trade Mac Jones. The Patriots will not be trading Mac Jones in the first round of the 2023 NFL Draft. Mac Jones will be here, and the Patriots will not draft a quarterback. Okay, so that's what Tom Curran reported. That's exactly what happened. That's fine. I am a little put off by the idea of what Tom Curran says at the beginning when he says, over Robert Kraft's dead body would they trade Mac Jones. I'm a little bit put off by that. I'm not angry by it. I'm not incensed by it. But I'm a little bit put off by it. Just from the idea of, if you think there's a better upgrade out there, you have to open your mind to it, don't you? I mean, when Robert when he says Robert Kraft's over Robert Kraft's dead body, what does that imply? That implies one of two things. That Robert Kraft either thinks Mac Jones is the best quarterback around, which I highly doubt, or... Robert Kraft just says, hey, no, we already did this once. We're not doing it again. Robert Kraft didn't get to be a billionaire, I would think, by making bad business decisions. So if there was a better quarterback out there or a better option out there, I would think that Robert Kraft would okay it. That's all. I mean, it wasn't over Robert Kraft's dead body that we move on from Tom Brady. So is it really over Robert Kraft's dead body that we can't trade Mac Jones? Again, if you think Mac is is the best answer, then fine. But if you think it is, ah, we already did this once before, I'm not doing it again, well, then that would be the wrong way of doing it as far as I'm concerned. If there was an upgrade there, you should, you should be willing to explore it. 
Um, but they ultimately did not trade Mac Jones. And again, I was fine with that. Once you didn't trade up to two and get C.J. Stroud, I was fine with that. I told you that would have been my home run um, outcome for day one of the draft. But I'm happy with what the Patriots did. I'm looking at Schefter right now on Twitter. Nothing here in terms of uh, anything happening here at the top of the second round. So, um, Jim Ursay with a crazy tweet there. Just reading. What we do know is that the Lions are getting running back calls on DeAndre Swift. They took the running back Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama yesterday. Kind of surprising. Look, I I said running back is a luxury. I didn't feel like the Lions had the luxury to go and take a running back so early. I think they have five picks in the top fifty. They certainly can get a lot of value. Would have thought they could have gotten a good running back in the second round if they had wanted to, but they ultimately, you know, do what they do. They take a linebacker and a and a running back and kind of went against the analytics crew entirely. Most analytics people said they wouldn't have done that, but I think the Lions are one of the more fascinating teams in the NFL. Because we like their culture, we like their fight, we like their tenacity, and we think they have a lot of really good pieces. And they have five 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 people in the top 50 are here, or five picks in the top 50 to go make some noise. And we know that the NFC North is kind of open. Aaron Rodgers is gone. Justin Fields, people still aren't sure about at least what he has around him. And no one's ever a believer in Kirk Cousins. So the Lions kind of have an opportunity, a big opportunity, in the NFC North. 802-585-3026. A couple of texters in here saying they like the Patriots pick. Someone says they wish the Patriots had taken an offensive lineman. Again, I I can easily justify that. But if you took lineman, wideout, or DB, I was going to be happy with it. And that's exactly what the Patriots did. It's exactly what the Patriots did. I am happy with it. Christian Gonzalez, I feel like, is going to be a guy who can come in here and can play right away and can help your defense grow and kind of get guys back to where they're supposed to be. I want to see Jack Jones inside. I want to see Marcus Jones inside. I want to see if John Jones needs to go inside, Jack Jones can go outside, and because we know Gonzalez is on the outside. Bill Belichick whiffed on Cyrus Jones and Duke Dawson. But he's hit on defensive backs here in the past. Miles Bryant's been a useful piece. J.C. Jackson was excellent. He has hit on DBs before. Hopefully, they've hit again. We'll talk Red Sox after the CBS News update on DEV. Now it's back to the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. Welcome back in. Brady Farkas show right here on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. Uh, Red Sox got some bad news today. Garrett Whitlock is on the injured list. He's got something called ulnar neuritis, which is something I'd never heard of before until recently, actually. It's swelling and inflammation around the ulnar nerve, and that's obviously very, very concerning because the ulnar nerve is the Tommy John nerve. Um Right now, the Red Sox are saying they don't have any concern about his ligament, or the Tommy John ligament, I should say. They have no concern about his ligament. They have no plans on this becoming Tommy John surgery. Whitlock says he's not worried about that. Alex Cora says the goal is just to miss a couple of starts. But ulnar neuritis is what Jeffrey Springs of the Rays got diagnosed with, and then a week later, he needs Tommy John surgery. It's really bad, and he's out for the season. So... 
but I the Blue Jays closer Jordan Romano had an ulnar neuritis and was back in ten days. So I don't know where this is going to go for Whitlock, but this is a guy who has had Tommy John surgery in the past, who has had arm problems in the past, and now he's got another arm problem. So you certainly do worry about it. You certainly do monitor it. Now Brian Bayo is back with the team. The guys, the team at least has somebody in here that can cover for Whitlock, so that's good, and I am excited to see Bayo, but fingers crossed on Whitlock at this point because I don't know that I can sit here and say that Whitlock is a guy that they need. I don't know that he's good enough as a starter to say he's a guy they can't live without, but I want to get the answer on him. We know he can work as a reliever. We've seen that. I wanted to see him work as a starter and get a runway to do it, and last year he got hurt at the end of the year, and this year he started on the on the uh, injured list with the hip issue still from last year, and now he's got this issue. So he's not getting a chance to have that runway that I wanted him to. So that's disappointing for sure. But Bayo is back, and obviously uh, Nick Pavetta will start tonight. Red Sox Guardians tonight. Cleveland comes in at 12 and 13, second place in the AL Central. The Red Sox are 13 and 13, last place in the AL East. Shane Bieber's on the mound for Cleveland, one and one with a 3-2-3. Nick Pavetta on the mound for the Sox, one and one with a 4-5-8. Stephen Kwan, very hard to strike out and very fast. He leads off in left. Ahmed Rosario's at short. Jose Ramirez is at third for Cleveland. Josh Naylor's at first. Josh Bell is the DH. Andres Jimenez is at second. Mike Zanino is the catcher. Brandon Brennan is in right, and Miles Straw is in center. Not Brandon Brennan, Will Brennan, I should say. Brandon Brennan was an old uh, reliever. For the Red Sox, Alex Verdugo in right. Masataka Yoshida in left. Justin Turner, the DH. Rafi Devers is at third. Tristan Casas is at first. Jaron Duran in center. Kike Hernandez is at short, moved down today. Reese McGuire, the catcher, and Emmanuel Valdez is the second baseman. He'll bat ninth. His offense is there, right? 429 hitter in limited action. Has made several misplays on defense in just three games. So we'll see what he does defensively. So again, the Sox looking for a victory, coming off losing two out of three against the Baltimore Orioles. Let me tell you the plan for next week, at least as I know it. I'm going to be out next week, Monday through Wednesday. I'll be back on Thursday. And uh, the reason being is my grandmother passed, so I've got to travel back to Ohio. Um, so let me see. Next Thursday is May 4th. We don't have a show next Thursday because of an early start time against the Blue Jays. So... Uh, I won't be back on the air for you until Friday. So, um, okay, so I'll be back on Friday. So, yeah, I got to go to Ohio for a couple of days. Going to be tough, obviously uh, tough for my dad as well. It was his mother. Ross says, my condolences to you, Brady. Thank you very much. Um, I had thought that the services were actually going to be last weekend, which is why I was out last Friday because I went home kind of in preparation for them. But as I got home, Everybody kind of in the family got together and said, hey, actually, we're going to have to do it later. And uh, so I ended up going home, just kind of playing the role of comforting uh, to the family and to my dad. So I will be out next Monday through Wednesday. We're going to be off next Thursday because, again, of uh, early Red Sox baseball. So I will not talk to you again until Friday. I will miss you all. The podcast channel will be kind of barren for the next couple of days. Do not forget about us. We will be back next Friday. Nothing will be wrong with me personally, and uh, I'll miss you all, and I'll be back, and we'll kind of be ready to get back going again 
on uh, on Friday, May 5th. A little Cinco de Mayo show for us here on the Brady Farkas Show. I mean, that'll be fun. First day back, long nine-hour car drive. First day back here, Cinco de Mayo. Well, there you go. Actually, 12-hour car drive. What am I talking about? Yeah, 12 hours to uh, Cleveland or so. So there you go. Red Sox looking for a victory. I hope everybody else has a great weekend. I know the weather's going to be tough. Get outside if you can. I'll be stuck in a car for a while uh, on my way to Ohio. But, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Not stuck. Hanging with the family on the way to Ohio. So there you go. Have a great weekend. I love you, Nana. And uh, I will talk to you guys again next Friday.